Welcome to We Got Your Mac from SHI. If you're an enterprise executive or business leader trying to decide if Mac adoption at scale is right for your organization, this is the show for you. In each episode, we dive into what it means to adopt the Mac platform at scale and how to get there quickly with minimum disruption to your users and IT teams. This week's host is Victoria Barber. Welcome to episode four of We Got Your Mac. We're going to jump straight into this week's episode as Kevin and I have just taken delivery of a new MacBook Air each and we're desperate to start exploring what we can do with them. Now, we did promise you that we'd start to get away from the paperwork. Now that we've worked through how to decide whether this is the right thing for you to do and and what the costs and benefits are, we really need to look at how you go about actually getting it done. So we're going to be looking at the resources you need to support both your Macs and your Mac users in terms of the technology you need to do that and the people you're going to need as well. We've invited along Tom Rice. He's a solutions engineer here at SHI and he works with organizations on their Mac deployments. So one of the things that's come up several times in, in our discussions is that we need to make sure that our Mac end users get the same level of support and quality of support as their colleagues who are using Windows. And if your admin tools and your support team are already set up to serve your Windows users, what exactly do you need to do to ensure that Macs are appropriately managed and supported? Back in episode two, Dave Groover mentioned that whether you need new or different tools is an it depends situation. Well, he also pointed out that many Windows IT admins and engineers are actually already Mac users and are passionate about the technology, whether in their work life or, or in their personal life. So to find out more about it, I've invited along another one of my colleagues because he and I have talked about some of these problems before. Tom spent his career in IT, early on discovered that his passion was really working with the Apple ecosystem, and he now leads a team at SHI to help our customers select, deploy, and manage the right Apple technology for their environment. And this is often in exactly those mixed environments where Windows dominates. So welcome to We Got Your Mac, Tom. Thank you, Victoria. It's great to be here. You've probably got a lot of good stories out there of the kind of problems people have come across, some of which will have been serious, some of which probably quite funny. Just to give us a bit of background on them, what are the roles that you're engaged with? Are you working with the decision makers or are you working with the, the, the people who are actually tasked with the job of actually getting it done rather than deciding to do it? It depends upon where the ask is coming from. Sometimes we'll get requests from the knowledge workers themselves who haven't made, haven't brought the request to the, the company yet and said, I made a decision for my department or my role that I want a Mac and uh, I need, I have purchasing power, so I want to bring it onto the network. Sometimes, many times it is with the IT team and who have seen the value of Mac and want to add it to their fleet. And other times it is the decision makers, the executives, the C-suite who say, you know, we've seen the cost effectiveness of the Mac. We've seen it reduces our support tickets. We've seen our employees be more productive. So we want to, you know, expand that footprint. We want to bring it into our environment. Okay. So different conversations depending on their roles. Overall, what do you think the biggest challenges are that people are facing? I mean, I know when I did this, it was a long, long time ago. So there were concerns about the impact on network traffic because Max was still using Apple Talk and Apple Talk was very chatty. So there was 
a real concern that the one percent of Macs in the environment would suddenly mean that all of the Windows users couldn't do their jobs. Yeah, and I think that's still a very real concern today. I think if I had a put an overarching statement on it, the, the thought process from those people, especially those who haven't used Macs or not familiar with them at a technical level, are that Macs are different and they won't work in our, our network. But Macs are fundamentally using the same technologies that any IT device is going to be using. They connect to the network with the same protocols. They use the same methodologies to print. They run the same software. So the conception that if I bring Macs onto my network, I'll have to change the architecture, or I'll have to put in completely new systems, or this won't work because it only works on this type of platform is a big hurdle that we, we struggle with to get make sure people understand. And I say struggle, it's just making sure they understand the fact that you're not fundamentally changing things. You're just saying you're bringing a new you know device into the network, just as you may switch from a Mazda to a Toyota. You're bringing your device on, and the, this will work the exact same way that you're Mazda work. If you're a Mac admin in a Windows environment, what are the barriers that you come up against? And what what kind of problems other than that we don't want your Macs on our network, because that's fairly gener generic, what kind of specific barriers are people coming up against when they're actually trying to manage these devices in that Windows environment? You know, IT doesn't operate in a vacuum, but IT also to a point is segmented, right, within different roles. So you have your networking teams, your security teams, your people who are responsible for selecting applications. And those, many of those people have their own fundamental ideas about how their te particular technology should work. And a lot of the barriers I see is like, well, Macs just won't, won't do this. So it's convincing those stakeholders that you know, your Macs will accept an IP address, you know, to put it simply, or, you know, we'll connect to the network. Your Macs will run the security tooling that you're running. Your Macs will run the, the applications that you're deploying. So my, my advice to people is always make, make friends with your colleagues yeah. in other departments. Get to know your security people. Get to know your networking people. And then really talk about what their concerns are, whether it's a Mac can't deploy a certificate or a Mac won't be able to connect to your company's networking uh, file shares and explain to them how that actually works and that Macs can do this and Macs are capable of doing it. And I guess the other thing is if you're seeing them in person, buy them coffee and donuts, yeah. whatever, because cake, cake always helps, right? Yes, exactly. Cake is great. Some of the best chats and the best way I've gotten people to um, work further on a project or understand, you know, the Mac point of view is having chats outside the office. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're right there. It's about building building the relationships. Turning it around, you've got then got Windows admins sometimes who are being asked to integrate Macs into their environment, perhaps even being asked to support those Macs. It's an expansion of their role. Do they have the same concerns as Mac admins or as they're part of that community already? Have they got different issues that they're, that they're trying to address? Yeah, I would say it's somewhat different issues because as you do diversify your technology stack, there is a, a little bit of overhead that you have to overcome, whether it's investment in infrastructure or knowledge or understanding different workflows. So there is that hesitancy to, to really commit and say, well, I, I'm comfortable with the tooling I have or I'm comfortable with the workflows that I use. So now I have to do things just a little bit differently for these subset of devices until the Macs really become a predominant platform in the organization and you're not 
you're not doing them for a subset of devices, you're doing them for majority of the devices. So it's getting those admins, you know, adding another tool to the toolbox and learning how to use that tool. This episode of We Got Your Mac is brought to you by SHI Zero Touch X. When your employees need the latest devices shipped directly to their home or local workplace and ready to go with the right apps, accounts and privileges, Zero Touch X is a game changer. Zero Touch X supports Mac OS, iOS, Windows, Android and Chrome OS, helping support employee choice programs, improving user productivity and reducing the overhead on your internal IT teams. Give your device lifecycle the X factor. Check the show notes or search SHI Zero Touch X today. Are there any resources that you'd recommend to somebody who's being asked to suddenly expand their skill set and start supporting Max? Is there, is there any way you would send them to find out more about it and to, and to make sure they've got the skills that they need? My personal favorite is the Mac admin Slack community. There's an entire workspace of Mac admins. There's about almost 50,000 Mac admins dedicated to talking about the challenges that Macs Mac faces in their environment every day. And that's not organizations that are typically only Mac-centric or, or only using Macs. A lot of these organizations are massively hybrid in terms of their deployments and have dealt with these challenges day in and day out. So not only could they answer your questions or alleviate your fears, but they may already have solutions to yeah. the problems that you're actually trying to address. And talk to your vendors too. Vendors are happy to discuss their product and how they can be useful in your environment. We've talked about Mac admins, we've talked about Windows admins being asked to take on Macs. When we're talking about deploying Mac at scale, we're talking about trying to get to a point where, you know, maybe not the dominant technology, but we are seeing, we're seeing customers who are 50-50, who are using maybe more than 50% Mac now. When we're deploying at scale, it's not just a case if you've got half a dozen people in the corner and you can kind of forget about them. And if they moan, it doesn't matter too much because you know, the, the overall balance is everybody else is working fine. Yeah. So again, referring back to my own experience, we had a relatively small proportion of Macs and Mac users in the organization. So the decision was made that we would outsource that support. My job was to liaise between that outsource support, which therefore wasn't 24 seven, it was I think three afternoons a week or something and the internal people, but it did mean that first line support for the Mac users was either me or wait until the afternoon, which obviously wasn't a great experience for the end users. When you're looking at scale, how do people make the decision? Do you have a dedicated Mac support team sitting alongside your Windows teams or do you integrate so that you've got people with skill sets that work across both? And how do you ensure that you get a consistent level of support and service across all of the platforms that you're supporting, because there may be more than just Mac and Windows, but how do you make sure you get that consistency of support? Because you don't want the Mac user sitting next to the Windows user saying, well, I can't do any work today because 
the max support guy's not in until next Wednesday? Right, and that's a great question. And I think the answer depends upon the situation the company is in. Some companies can't afford to add staffing. Some companies will outsource their support because they're too globally diverse, especially in 2023 when everybody's remote. It might make it more prudent to outsource to a managed service provider that can provide that 24-7 support, especially if you work across time zones with people working from home. The key takeaway, I think, though, is you don't want to make your Mac users or any any other user of a platform that's not your predominant platform feel like a second-class citizen. They should contact whatever level of support you're using, whether it's a managed service provider, whether it's a person who is you know comes in for a few hours every day um, but is on call, whether it's a dedicated person from your IT team who you decided to go to support Macs, and be able to get the same level of support and resolution for their problems that any other user in your organization would get. So the key takeaway is you don't want to walk up to that support person, one, find that they're not available when other support teams are, and two, have that support person say, well, this is a Mac or this is a, you know, another device. Uh, We don't support that in the organization because that will never get your users uh, any sort of buy-in to use that particular platform, especially when it comes to Macs. You want somebody, you want to walk up to a either make a phone call or Zoom or walk up to a desk if you're in person and say, I have this problem. And somebody can say, oh, we know what that is, or we don't know what that is. We can take a look at it and walk away knowing that you're getting the same level of support that somebody who walked up with a Windows device would get. So really, before you commit to doing this at scale, you've got to have looked at what skills you have in-house and worked out what the optimum way to do it is. You don't want to do the deployment and then think about what the experience is for those poor end users. Correct. And we actually worked with a large company who was looking to make a very significant Mac deployment. And they had said to us, we're interested in hiring some augmented staff for this initial rollout because our help desk is currently Windows centric and trained up on that. You know, and while we'd love to bring that in house one day, we want to make sure that during this initial very large scale rollout, we have dedicated support professionals who are in tune to the Mac so that people know that as we're bringing Macs into the organization, they can feel supported, uh, their problems will be addressed, and especially as they come upon new situations they may not encountered before, there are the technical resources there who can address them. So yeah, that's actually quite a good idea. So you can bring, bring in that expertise to begin with, and then you can do the knowledge transfer over to your own team, including those who won't necessarily be directly supporting the Mac users, but who will be working with the teams that eventually will be, so that you've got everybody comfortable with it before you you bring in your own team that that seems seems like a good approach for for a lot of organizations one of the things that i think may concern people is that adding mac might mean that you have to add more tools but you've already mentioned that some of the existing tools may well have the capability to do this how on earth do people go about working out what the best option is, particularly given the number of tools there are already, that's a hell of a stack of support tools to go through to work out how you're going to create that integrated environment and allow your admins to have visibility of everything rather than going into 27 different tools to try and find out what's going on. So I think there's two parts to that question. There's the right tool for the right job answer. And there's also looking inside yourself and saying, am I even Do I even need this tool set? The first part I think is relatively easy. Certain tools do certain things. And if the tool that you're currently using does not work for all your things that you need to do it for, then it's time to add another tool. I use a simple example of if you're hanging things in your home 
and you have regular screws and Phillips head screws, clearly you're not going to use the same screwdrivers for both. And if you only have a Phillips head screwdriver, it's time to go out and buy another screwdriver. You'll find that with, with Mac implementation. There are tools specifically designed to manage Macs to get the most out of them that just aren't built in existing Windows tool sets. So it's definitely one of those times where it might be time to get another tool. And yes, it is an adding another tool to your toolbox, but the end results are better. The other part of that question is, is more introspective and I think harder for organizations to answer. You know, you'd mentioned about, oh, we have this tool set because this one function five people in our company use and that's why we bought it. And so you really have to ask the hard question is, well, do, do those five people need it? And is there not another tool that does something maybe not the same, but similar that is now cross-platform? And that takes a little bit more look in the mirror kind of approach and hard decisions that have to be made, especially because you know those five people will be upset. Even if you're in a 100,000 person company, you don't want to upset those five people who have used this tool their entire lives. Just to, to wrap up, what would be the tip for an IT admin who's being asked to do this and a tip for a business user who, who wants to do this? What are the top things you would tell each of those people? For the business user, obviously, it comes down to look at it with an open mind and understand why you're doing it. You're not doing it to buy the new shiny thing. You're doing it to be productivity. I mean, perhaps you are, um, but you're also doing it for things such as ROI, to have your employees be more productive, even to have maybe that shiny thing actually makes your employees happy and that in turn makes them more productive. And look at it not initially at, you know, there's always that cost benefit analysis that business people love to do. That's a very helpful thing to do. From an IT person, under, you know, it's not different. People feel different and I, it's understandable. I started my career actually purely Windows and fell into the Mac role because there was no one else to do it. And somebody said, you have to do this. And I was like, well, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. And all of these are different. And then you find out all, all the things work the same way. Again, it's back to that Toyota Mazda example, right? Maybe the gear shift is a little bit different, or maybe the button for the radio is on a little bit side, but it still has a radio. It still has a transmission and understand fundamentally that you're not being asked to do something different. You're just using a different device to do the same things. That's great advice. Well, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Please do head over to wegotyourmac.com where you'll find any episodes you've missed together with additional resources. And join us again in two weeks for our next episode where we'll be talking to field CISO Brad Bowers about how to go about securing Macs in a mixed environment. We Got Your Mac is produced by SHI International, a trusted global provider of end-user computing, hybrid infrastructure, and cybersecurity solutions to many of the world's most demanding technology users. SHI has more than 20 years experience helping private and public sector organizations adopt Apple technologies and is an authorized Apple reseller. To be the first to hear or watch new episodes, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform and hit the notifications icon. Visit WeGotYourMac.com or SHI.com to solve what's next in delivering Mac at scale across your organization. Thank you.